Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. Thanks for joining us for week four of Diving Deeper as we're diving in deeper to text from the Gospel of Mark chapter 12. But before we dive in deep today, <laughs> diving in deep to this, hello, what's up, boy? How you doing, James Ross? <laughs> wondering how you were going to transition that so I started <laughs> yeah, snickering already. I just never already. know. Sometimes I don't even know what's going to happen until it's already out of my mouth. I'm just surprised you haven't said, I'm diving in, I'm diving in. <laughs> oh, how, man, you know nice about? Stephen Curtis. Chapman. Yes, man. Yeah. You know every song. Um, especially if it's a Christian song from the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. So. You, did you drive around listening to Wow, That's What I Call Worship? Oh, absolutely, I did. I, I went to this phase where it was literally like, do you love Jesus if you don't listen to Christian Did you music? love the Newsboys? Like, no, really I never actually them. liked really? them. No, they always annoyed me. Why'd and they so, annoy you? Because I just felt like- you don't like little, bald people? I just felt like they were <laughs> gimmicky. Oh, okay. Uh, and, yeah, and I- that what really got me for them, like wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you had a problem with one Christian artist because you thought they, <laughs> they were, were gimmicky. gimmicky. A lot of them were gimmicky. Oh, my chair just fell. Your chair's gimmicky. Um, you know, I just I never liked them. I don't really know why. I probably still bought their CD because you had to if you're a Christian. Right? Okay, but, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, you know the whole "Breakfast in Hell" song, like that one was just like really. That's a did song? you? If I can't swim after forty, <laughs> that's, like, that's was that play. your favorite song? Oh, that's Jars, Jars of, of Clay. Clay. So, okay. yeah, they were they were um, a little more respectable music wise. <laughs> so, <laughs> what about okay? So, I, DC Talk. I, I love DC, DC Talk in yeah, the '90s, DC late Talk's '90s. Good. And you know, like some of the like Reliant K, like. They're probably one of the best bands. They're probably a lot more underrated under the radar, but they're so good. They also like started like <laughs> yeah. crossing mainstream, and yeah. so Jumper wasn't wearing like. That clothes was, that when he was, was playing drums. Yeah, but that was always like the big deal, like in like the late '90s, early. Well, I guess yeah, 2000s why, too. Like, why? Why do we have to be Christian artists? Why yeah. can't we just be artists, artists who are who Christians? Are Christians <laughs> and let's have a crossover album. We're just trying to read. No, you're trying to get rich. I let's know. just be honest. You're trying to make switch foot. You know, like, uh, like you're you're good and you want to you want to make more money. So go do that. But don't be like we just. <laughs> that's so funny. We just want to be artists who are Christians and uh, that you can't. Can be, but you chose this route first because you thought it was the easier way to make money. But now we've really dived in deep to a topic. Christians, we on top. Christians sure have been the pedestal for many, <laughs> many aspiring artists. Know, basically, they? they're like, oh, did you remember? You know, you know who started as a Christian artist. Jessica Simpson. Yeah, she yeah, started, she did. Didn't go she very did. far, so she decided going after Britney Spears. Like that would be the wasn't the, wasn't yeah. Katy Perry. Katy like, Perry was yeah, a Christian yeah. artist. Yeah, they just it's all Beyonce. Marketing. Beyonce. I have no I don't problem. Know. I have no idea. She's singing church. That doesn't. Necessarily you know, yeah. she was an artist who was a Christian, she, but she could she could she sing. Could sing. No, she could sing. You know the. <laughs> You didn't watch this, but there was an episode <laughs> of South Park. Uh, I did not watch that. Uh, and, and he, Cartman, it, it, I, I don't this think of many of our people. This is not an endorsement of no, South no, Park. No, it's not. But he decides he's going to be a famous Christian artist. So he just changes. He gets some highlighted frosted he, tips. He changes his songs. That's a good one. <laughs> he changes songs about like a girl and just replaces the word girl with God. <laughs> 
and becomes a famous Christian that, artist. That Seriously. was about all it took. So. That is an episode of <laughs> South Park. So, well, uh, speaking of South Park, I'm <laughs> what? Not, just what? <laughs> hey, it's May. This is it's speaking May of this conversation 24th. going south. It is the last week of school, and I am like simultaneously like so excited <laughs> that it's coming and to an end, and also like oh, it's also summer, but yeah. mainly because by this time in May, like exams, and, and we're just like. Get your stuff done, kids. You better pass. You, you better not just pass. You better have good grades. This and is our first year with middle schoolers. They need a, a break. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And I'm excited for this summer just because there's there's great things coming up camps. this summer. There's camps. There's kids camp. There's student camp. We're uh, taking students to uh, Dominican Republic this mission trip. This Sunday. This Sunday. This is the coming Sunday is Student Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, so we have so Alec Ammons, our student uh, minister, is going to be uh, preaching. And yes. we have... Uh, Student baptism, which yes, is awesome. Yes. And also our student worship team, our high schoolers, middle schoolers, yes. are going to be leading us in worship in all three services. Yes. So that is super exciting. Lord I'm, willing. Uh, yes, Lord <laughs> willing. Like uh, <laughs> that something yeah. could tack. That's a lot, of, a lot of moving pieces. So. Uh, yes, yeah, but yeah. it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great day. So yes. uh, you should, you should be here Sunday if, if you uh, can. So yeah. And, you should. So uh, as we, <laughs> and you but said, last week we last talked week, about, we talked about Mark. Your transitions are much better than yeah, mine. Mark chapter 12 is where we are. We're talking about uh, just a few verses here. Mark chapter 12, uh, three verses. I had to count 35, 36, 37. Good job. Uh, there you go. Stand so the school year. No, here we go. I'm going to read the text and then we're going to dive in deep. Uh, and as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, how can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself in the Holy Spirit declared, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Mm. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? Mm. And a great throng heard him gladly. <laughs> so this is, so if you are familiar with the gospels, uh, you maybe know this. If you're not familiar with the gospels, uh, one thing you need to know is Mark, reading the gospel of Mark is like reading the cliff notes yeah, versions of, cases, all, of everything sure. that's going on. You uh, often find more going on in the same accounts. Mark, Mark's just like to the point, like right. here's what happened, moving on. Yeah. And then, and then, and immediately this happened. Immediately, you, you yeah. The word immediately is and Mark a lot. So as we look at this passage, let's talk about what is going on because these three verses are sandwiched between the great commandment and then next he's going to uh, give basically the bewaring to the scribes uh, like and the widows offering the story. So what is happening in this text? Well, if Mark's a cliff knows, why is a preacher taking so long to go through <laughs> why that book? Why still preach 40 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Why, why have we been in there a year and a half? <laughs> I don't know who 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 asked me that question like that, but and, or, yeah, who talks like that boy? Yeah, I mean, really, ultimately, here uh, Jesus is just trying to show fault in their understanding of uh, who the Messiah is going to be because um, they're thinking about him in terms of you know how great David was and. Um, being, you know, David's son and kind of bringing us back to where David had us. And yet he's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. And David calls him Lord. So clearly Jesus is saying there's this superiority of him. So how does your understanding of him make sense given David, who you look to's understanding makes sense? Um, and there's a lot of places you go from there. But I think ultimately, you know, Part of the point that we wanted to dive in a little deeper today with was that 
you know, they would reject Jesus because of their view of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that that is, I mean, that's really an important piece here. You know, as, as believers, we don't believe that there is Old Testament Judaism and, and then Christianity, and those are two different things. We believe that Old Testament Judaism is Christianity, that we are practicing what was practiced in the Old Testament, just the fulfillment of it. Yeah. So um, we think that Jews, this crowd and others, reject Jesus because of their view of the Messiah. And so their view of the Messiah was this, that they really did expect him to be this conquering king like David, who was victorious. And I think, you know, you look in this passage, Jesus is getting to the heart of that. He's saying, even David says, Lord said to my Lord, like he's pointing out to them that even David says this. He's not just saying, you know, uh, how the son of David, but David himself is saying, Lord to him. Right. So uh, and basically he's getting at the point that you've missed the point that you you are looking for this victorious conquering king who's going to fix your problems. Uh, he's going to put things right uh, by you, not yeah. necessarily by everybody else, but by you and fulfill your desire of having a king. Yeah. So I would say that there were really three things if I were going to summarize what they were looking for. Nationalistic, uh, economy or ec- mm-hmm. ec- ec- how economics, economicist, ec- economicist, economic reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, maybe three reasons they were looking for a national King an economic King. And then, you know, their uh, well, really that's it. That, that, I'm going to simplify that cause I got off track there, but yeah, two, two things. So they're looking for somebody who's going to give them national independence and prominence and also bring them, you know, therefore to uh, at least the religious elite to secured economic status, mm-hmm. uh, I would say. And I, the third I was going to say was, you know, basically, you know, a uh, elevation of self in terms of personal Stat- status. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. And, you know, as we as you share that, um, you know, I think as New Testament believers, you know, on this side, we like read back and we think sometimes, how could they have missed it? How could they have missed that Jesus fulfilled all these prophecies? Because many of them knew the the, the prophecies and then they just didn't see it. You know, there's the scribes that he's talking to that, you know, they knew the prophecies and and still were blinded to the fact that Jesus was the fulfillment. And it's so easy for us on this side to be like, how did they not? And we think that with the disciples, how did they miss it? How did they miss it up so much? And I'm like, well, we do the same thing. But as you're sharing about, Real ultimately, why they rejected Jesus? Yeah. You know, you talked about the the political, uh, and you talked about really the, the economic. Don't you think we kind of do the same thing now? Yeah, I mean, for sure. So, so let's let's be generous to them for a moment and recognize that it was the job of the scribes and and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Herodians to some sense based on the people they were, you know, appointed to lead uh, and the affirmation of people to say, Hey, anyone who claims to be a prophet or a scribe, we're going to test if what they're saying is true and, Mm -hmm. and to hypercritical, be hypercritical. Mm -hmm. So I think the error we make here is, Oh my gosh, they just have such a critical spirit. You know, again, I don't know where these voices are coming from, you know, and and I think part of that is they're like, 
are like, just give everybody grace, give everybody, mm-hmm. well, we mean cheap grace often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so it's okay to question. The problem here is, is there was, it was impossible for Jesus to pass their test because they weren't really looking to what the scriptures had to say. Yeah, because you, what you're saying is like the system, the test was rigged, basically. Right, they, yeah. they're, they're creating ultimate, which if you go back in Mark, like where we've been in the chapter 12, each of these uh, passages we've talked about in the previous three weeks, it's a scenario where they're really trying to trick Jesus. Yes. They're trying to yes. get him to pass a test that they are, and because Jesus is Jesus, <laughs> and he's he, he like, flips it on them yeah, each right. time and you are quite wrong yeah. and they dare not ask him any more questions after the third one that's recorded, you know, because they, I think they saw that they were getting nowhere because they're trying to basically trap him. And they basically, they've set this standard up that no one can can fulfill th- what they think the Messiah would right. be. Right, yeah. So how do you know the word so well and miss the Messiah? Of the yeah. one, the one it all points to, mm-hmm. and it comes back to you know again, their filter was the belief about Israel nationally and economically, and this group's particular belief about what that would mean for their status. What Jesus was saying did not give them what they were looking for nationally. Mm-hmm. What Jesus was saying. And what he was modeling in many ways did not give them what they were looking for economically. And therefore, what Jesus was saying would mean they would have to renounce the status they had earned based on their understanding because they would admit we were wrong. And we do not like to admit we're wrong. <laughs> that is that is the same today as the same was then. Yeah. It, it, would, it would be like if we realized we were wrong about the Bible and therefore, hey, I've led you guys astray. I shouldn't have my job. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a pretty severe, I don't know what the right word is, not response, right? You know, but it's like it would, the weight of that. And so basically they just decided, let's keep it going. <laughs> let's just keep it going. Yes. Reject it. It's easier. Yes. It's easier to keep our system going. It's easier to keep ourselves in this position than to actually like recognize the truth and acknowledge the truth. Um, and you know, and as you were talking about that, I think, yeah. goodness. Yeah, right, right. The, the same issue exists today, right? Yeah. You know, as we're yeah. confronted with, I mean, if we read the Bible, we're confronted all the time with ways that we are wrong, yeah. uh, that we've missed the mark, but it can feel easier just to keep the system going. And I think, you know, as if we talk about like, you know, uh, Israel and we look at modern day, the United States, it's mm-hmm. like in this nationalism that, you know, we, we've had done buggy talks before where like it, patriotism and being patriotic, how that's a great thing, but it's not an elevation above the kingdom, but really how a lot of people look mm-hmm. to Jesus to Establish power and to bring financial, you know, uh, freedom, whatever the financial success and to help us thrive. And then ultimately, isn't that like typically how people vote too? You know, like they're mm-hmm. looking for a, the mm-hmm. president that's going to put their, their belief system, their party, their people in power and benefit them the most. Yeah. And, and that's not necessarily a problem. Because the president isn't in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) What? So I do think sometimes we over-spiritualize that issue Mm. um, or that person. But but we also vote. So we should vote not just. So so 
Trump, you know, kingdom, sorry, not Donald Trump, kingdom Trump's, uh, the, all things we look at, it's the filter through which we look at everything the kingdom of God that is, and his kingdom is not of this world. But then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So, okay, how do I live that out? And then if I'm being asked for my opinion, who do I think is going to bring that about the most? But then there's all these like the nuances to that economically that mm -hmm. aren't dictated to us in the Bible. And so it is a matter of conscience and getting our conscience informed. And honestly, most of us just don't even know enough. And then we try to spiritualize that part, like, you know, economics and, we shouldn't be spiritualizing that part. We should just say, this is what makes economical sense. Yeah. This guy doesn't say anything that's clearly against the Bible, or these two people both say something that's against the Bible. So this is what makes sense, you know? So again, I've talked before about my um, frustration with a passion people had for Trump. But if somebody said, hey, basically it's all, and I think he's going to do this economically, like I, I, I get why you arrive at that conclusion, but if you were like, this is God's chosen man, it's like, mm. where is that in the Bible? Right. Like, well, I think it's hitting on a point that like, we, we look to leaders. Like, I agree what you're saying about like, what would bring about these, these things, you know, like not over spiritualizing it. Basically. I think of like, it's basically an American, or I shouldn't say American, a Western privilege that we have. And I think about like our pastors in India, you know, yeah. and when they vote for a prime minister, like- <laughs> Their vote may or may not count. No, I know, like, Sorry. I mean, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I think like, so historically right now, the, the prime minister of India is basically a Hindu nationalist. He wants, you know, and his people, the people that he's putting in power want it to be a Hindu nation. And so under his leadership, there is increased persecution of Christians and Muslims. Yeah. Uh, and so when they vote, you know, I, I, they're not voting for the person who's going to, bring about the Christian nation, <laughs> right, you know, right, like who's going right. to yeah, yeah. embody these, make it, make India a Christian. It's no, they're saying they, they're voting for who's going to bring, you know, freedom, you know, and I, you know, I, ah, well, you know, no, you, so where this ties to our text here is that Jesus is saying, what the Messiah is is so much greater than yes, that. Yes. Like it's greater than this earthly kingdom. So why are you so obsessed with your nationalistic view and nationalistic desires that you would then miss what God has for you. Mm -hmm. To make that leader our our Jesus, basically. It's like we we put that leader in the place of Jesus right. and then we miss Jesus. And, and, and so no one is out there saying, I think Donald Trump or uh, Joe Biden or, uh, you know, um, who's our who's our governor that- uh, DeSantis. DeSantis, you know, or whoever else is gonna run uh, possibly. No one's saying, oh, well, I think they're Jesus. They're my Jesus. But people are basing their hope and their worth and their identity on what comes about because of the nation's future. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And it's like, if our person doesn't win, then we're like, oh, we're doomed. And it's like both both sides will yeah. say this kind of like thing like, well, we're doomed now. We're just going to hell in a handbasket. So Israel, like, Israel was saying, if, if 
this Messiah is going to bring us back to that place. Yes, exactly. And, and we, oh, Messiah. you're not him. And you're not, you're not it, Jesus, even though, you know, you fulfill these things and, you know, you're doing all these things, but you're not our version of what we wanted you to be and who we expect you to be. And you're not doing the things we thought you would do. So therefore you Ooh, cannot be. And listen, they were promising the people, hey, the Messiah is come, coming and he's going to give you that. Yeah. And then in order to say, oh, the Messiah isn't that, they would have to admit that they had led people astray. Mm. because they were deceived and confused. And nobody wants to admit they're wrong. And dude, they, they're going to be the dude on the, the side of the street. He's like, he used to he used to be rich and wealthy mm-hmm. religious leader, and now he's not. Look at him now. He's over there following that Christ. And then what happened to those people who were following that Christ? Mm-hmm. But there were people who did see him as that. You yeah. know, Paul, I mean, Paul, that's Paul's story. Right. So, you know, we can't tell this story and we didn't get to this Sunday without realizing that here is this one who was leading in the charge against the spread of this Jesus Christ as the Messiah, Jesus as the Christ. And yet God shows up and changes his heart. Yeah. And he does not live for that anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the bottom line of this is like, we can so easily be like this and yeah. miss Jesus because yeah. he's not meeting our expectations. Yeah, so right. not just politically, but right. like Jesus, I thought when I came to Jesus, I thought Jesus was going to fix this problem or he was going to change this person or that life would get better or easier or no, he's promised that he saves us from our sin and right. that he's with us. Right. Like that's, and we have eternity with him. Yeah. It doesn't promise that every problem's fixed. He right. promised that he's with us. Yeah. And I think we have versions of what and expectations of Jesus that uh, don't match who he claims to be and who he is as the Messiah. Which are, t- are tied to an earthly kingdom. Yeah. I mean, not for simplification. Make my life better, make my life easier, fix, fix my problems and fix me. And let's go. So we've talked some about how society has moved from a collectivist view to a uh, individualistic view. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is probably up until about a hundred years ago, you know, kind of ending with after the World War II, it was probably waning. And then World War II brought a surge of it back and then it went away. That people thought of their life more in terms of how is society doing? And if society is doing well, I attach my wealth, how I'm doing to that. And so when you think of Israel, the majority of the Israelites were thinking, if Israel is well, well, we're not like that anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. We're individualist. So we ha- So what I would say is we might have a hard time understanding how Israel would say if he can't be the if he can't bring about the strength of Israel and the kingdom, then they don't reject him. But what I would say is you are now an individual sitting on your own little throne. And we, I should say, are sitting on our own little thrones. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us won't accept a Jesus that doesn't exalt that king. Right. Yeah, I'm bragging with it. I'm just like, yeah. yeah, it just makes sense. You know, it's like, I want to be the boss and I want to call the shots and I want everyone around me to bow and bend to my expectations and what I think they should do, my own yeah. kingdom. And that is not the kingdom that Jesus came to bring, not the kingdom of me, not the kingdom of you, not the kingdom of us, but the kingdom of God. Right. Um, and I, you know, like, I just don't want to miss that. And yeah. so I think as you're reading, uh, you know, I've, I've loved going through the book of Mark uh, on Sunday mornings and uh, we're hitting it again uh, in life group. And as we're doing through the church reading plan right now, um, I just keep, as we read it, like, Lord, just let me get to know you more again, right. because right. I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss even like my own like ideas of what 
scripture teaches or what the Bible, like, I don't want to miss, like, let me read it again. Like I haven't read it and, and just get Man, to know you again. That's good. So, well, you know, I have an idea. Okay. A completely original idea. Since Alec is teaching this Sunday, why don't we take this into two parts? Two part, part two. And All we'll right. talk next week about eschatology. Eschatology. Can you spell that? Can you e. spell eschatology? Okay, and a little bit homework. about kind of the things we're talking about right now, how people still think about Israel in these regards. And you've mm. probably heard things like that. Like Israel's got to be rebuilt. The temple's got to be rebuilt. Mm -hmm. Send money to them. Yeah. So know. eschatology, the study in times, and we're going to talk about that uh, next week and how Israel uh, fits into that. It should be fairly interesting because, um, well, eschatology is a fun word to throw around and pretend like you know more than you do. And Justin is going to uh, reference left behind at least I'm 13 gonna, times. I'm going to reenact uh, scenes from the Nicholas Cage. Or seven Cage, times because that's the Nicolas right Cage number. version and yes. the Kurt Cameron yes. versions. The Nicholas Cage version. Uh, I went uh, and saw that in the movie theater. I think, no, no. We were going to, and then it was only out in the theater for like a week, so we missed it. <laughs> so we actually had like a big watch party of it because we were like, how did that not get more popular? Man. Like that they made a left behind with Nicolas Cage. Nicola, I mean, with Nicolas Cage. I can't believe it's real. But uh, so maybe this have you week, seen I, it? I've not seen oh. it. No. Oh. I've not seen it. No, I've not seen it. Oh. So um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's where we're going next week. Should be to, fun. <laughs> to be clear, yes. don't watch South Park or Left Behind with Nicolas Cage in it. <laughs> or Kirk Cameron. Or Kirk Cameron. Matter. Matter. Man, we're offending some people. Uh, probably They so. love that. Oh, sorry. It's not, I mean, we still love you and we probably like things you don't. It is not the authority on the end times. No. But no. here's our cliffhanger. I bet many people's view of end times is informed more by Left Behind than it is the actual Bible. I bet so. I bet so. So we're going to talk about that next week. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.